0: There's so many scriptures about prayer in our Bible, and there's so many angles we could take. We probably need to talk about it every Sunday of the year. Uh, Today, we're only scratching the surface today. That's my disclaimer to you. But I want you to be encouraged to continue to pray uh, because it is uh, a way of engaging with God. But before I jump into that, uh, let's recap from our series overview of what does love require of me. It's important to remember that we actually demonstrate our love for God by loving others. And in part one of our series, we addressed the question, what is my calling in life? We concluded that our calling in life is to learn to love God and love others in the context of community. Fulfilling Jesus' great commandment to love God and love others would be impossible in isolation. And in part two of our series, we addressed the question, do my words really matter? And we concluded that yes, our words really do matter. Because we are required to communicate words of loving kindness, encouragement, praise and gratitude in order to show people they are loved and to make Jesus known. In part three of our series, we addressed the question, why should I serve others? And we concluded that we should definitely serve others because Jesus models servant leadership throughout his life and ministry. People will know we love them when we show we love them. In part four, we addressed the question, why should I give away my time? And we discovered that giving our valuable time to someone else is a loving response to them and encourages togetherness, togetherness. And it builds trust and love. And then we thought about gift-giving last week and how important it is to give to others. Meeting their needs where we can expresses God's love to them. And it was a communion service and we remembered that Christ gave himself as a gift to us in order that we may be rescued. Giving is important. And today I'm asking the question, um, are my prayers a priority? Are they really a priority? In part two of our sermon series, which we've just briefly reviewed, We asked the question, do my words really matter? And we concluded that the words we speak are really important. In our passage today, the Apostle Paul reminds us again of the power of our speech. A few words spoken from a judge can either acquit or condemn a person to a sentence in prison. A doctor's words of analysis to a patient can either produce ecstatic rejoicing or heavy, despair. There is great power in the written and spoken words, this we know. The great theologian Warren W. Wearsby informs us that for every word written in Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf, 125 people lost their lives during World War II. Words have power. Our speech contains power and it's a gift from God to us and we must use it to bring him honor. The tongue as we know has the capacity for accomplishing great things for good and the capacity for tremendous destruction and evil. In his letter to the church at Colossae, Paul encourages the church to devote themselves to prayer We could argue that prayer, worship, ministry and preaching are the highest uses of our gift of speech. Even as Paul is stuck in prison, prayer was his priority. He's in a very difficult situation, but his first instinct is to ask the church for prayer prayer. If the great Christian Apostle Paul needed prayer, I know that means I definitely need prayer. We all need prayer. And Paul clearly instructs us all to pray. We all need to pray. But how must we pray? Paul teaches us that our prayers must be faithful, watchful, thankful and purposeful in our passage today. Firstly, our prayers must be faithful. We must be steadfast, unwavering, unshakable in prayer. We must be devoted to praying and never relinquish Jesus' calling on our lives to pray. The early church continually met to pray. And so should we. Unfortunately, sometimes as Christians, we only pray when we feel like it or when there's a crisis. But Paul teaches us to pray without ceasing. There's a challenge for us. Pray without ceasing. Secondly, our prayers must be watchful, we must be awake and alert as we pray. I'm not prescribing a formula to prayer, but when there is fire on the altar, the incense rises to God. In other words, there needs to be fire in our hearts when we pray. And if there is, if there is fire in our hearts when we pray, we can be confident that we will be heard. We have to engage with God in prayer, offering ourselves to him and God promises to respond. He promises to respond. We must never think that God is disinterested. God wants to hear our prayers and speak to us in our times of prayer. That gets me excited that it's possible that I can hear the voice of God Does it get you excited? I hope it does. Thirdly, our prayers must be thankful. Thanksgiving during our prayer time is an essential ingredient to praying. We must always be thankful for what God has done for us. Sincere thanks produces gratitude. If we think about it, we have things to be grateful for, don't we? All of us have something to be grateful for. Prayer is a time to offer that thanks to God. Don't forget that Paul was writing this epistle when he was imprisoned for the gospel of Christ. And yet, although he was imprisoned, he was grateful. He was grateful for all that God had done for him. And God continued to meet his needs And actually used him to spread the gospel throughout the world. And we have his teaching, don't we, today. He made himself available in prayer. And fourthly, our prayers must be purposeful. I have definitely prayed broadly and generally. And that's okay. But we must definitely pray specifically. For people known personally to us. We must pray for them and their needs. Praying for them in person for their specific needs requires our courage and faith. Some of us struggle to pray for others and that's okay. If you do pray for someone, it may require your courage and it will require your faith. Remember, this is important. Prayer is not telling God what he should do or what he should give. But prayer is actually asking God for what he wants to do or wants to give. The Archbishop of Dublin from 1807 to 1886, Richard Trench said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctancy It is laying hold of his willingness. God wants to answer our prayers. And he will. He will. It might not always be in our timing or in ways we had hoped. But he will answer our prayers. And one day we will understand why our lives have transpired the way they have if we have experienced difficult times. In Islam Muslims pray faithfully to Allah and towards Mecca five times a day. This call to prayer is called Salat and is one of the five pillars of Islam. Although I commend this commitment to prayer, in my limited understanding of Islam, there are a number of criteria or rituals that need to be fulfilled in order to offer acceptable prayers to Allah. These criteria are the correct ceremonial attire must be worn. Ablutions must be performed. These are ceremonial washings. Prescribed prayers must be recited, and the correct postures and genuflections must be performed, and at specific times of the day. I respect such dedication, customs and processes, but I am relieved that such restrictions are not placed upon me and upon us as followers of Jesus. It's a relief to not feel limited in when and how we can pray. Although the expectations on us to pray may appear to be less strict and rigid as compared with Islam, actually we are urged to devote our whole lives to prayer as disciples of Jesus. And it's through prayer that we commune with God. Prayer to us should be as normal as breathing. And just as breathing is life-giving, prayer should be also life-giving. Prayer is communion with God, the God who gave us breath the God who gave us life. Prayer is communion with God. The theologian Michael Reeves highlights that prayer can take many forms. Just as we have different ways of connecting to family and friends and late night chats with them, or text messages and emails, there are numerous, numerous ways to connect with family and friends. Prayer is the same. He argues that we mustn't try to squeeze God into a limited, allocated slot each day, which could limit his influence. It could also create a disconnection between quality time with God and our daily activities. And we don't want to separate our lives from prayer. They must become entwined. We must become entwined. Prayer must be as natural to us as breathing and in everything we do we don't stop breathing. Prayer should not be separated from what we do but involved with everything we do. We must try to understand prayer as inviting Jesus into every area of our lives, every situation we face. The Apostle Paul tells us to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit on all occasions, not some, all occasions. And we're to pray with all kinds of prayers. Quality time dedicated in prayer is important because it deepens our intimacy with God. If we are ever praying, and we're bored and struggling to engage, remember who it is we are praying to. And remember that God is actively listening to you and to me. So why should prayer be a priority in my life, in our lives? Because prayer invites the presence and the power of God into all circumstances. Most most of us know that prayer is important. We all know it. But do we act on what we know? Do we give time to pray? If we're honest, maybe our commitment to it gets marginalised. Life gets busy. Things come up. Prayer takes a backward seat sometimes. Other priorities can dominate and distract us from devoting ourselves to prayer. And maybe a lack of prioritizing prayer can produce guilt. Maybe we feel guilty because we're not praying enough, or we're not praying correctly. Maybe prayer stirs up feelings of inadequacy or self-consciousness. I want to offer four ways to improve your prayer life that Rick Warren has suggested. The first is make prayer a priority. Make it a priority. When Moses was instructing Israel about the importance of obeying their God, he reminded them of God's closeness to them. And he said, what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord, our God, is near to us whenever we call on him. God wants to respond to you in prayer. Therefore, make time with him a priority in your life. Be available because he is available to you whenever you call. The apostles devoted themselves to prayer and the word, and we must do the same. We must try to devote ourselves to prayer and the word. The second is the power of praying together. The early church, the first disciples prayed together frequently. We are told in acts they met continually to pray together. When we pray with others, We are united. And not only do we deepen our intimacy with God and trust in him, but we deepen our friendships and our trust with one another. And our trust is enhanced and enriched with one another when we pray together. It can be such a blessing when someone prays for us. One of the most loving things we can do for someone else, whether that is together or apart, is to offer that individual to God in prayer. Where we are unable to meet their need, God can meet their need. Therefore, it's one of the most loving things we can do. Offer them to God in prayer. At Pursuit, uh, on the second week in the evening, uh, a lady came up to me and she read out some words she had written. Now she regularly asks God to put people on her heart to pray for and she does that faithfully and then God gives her a word for that person and she gave me a word and she came and read it to me, that word, and it reduced me to tears because I knew she had heard from God and God was speaking to me we must prioritize prayer. It will bless us, and it will bless our church family, and it will bless those in our community. We have to prioritize it. The third is to share and pray about personal needs. Whenever I come before God to pray, I come with confidence. As Hebrews tells us, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Hebrews four, sixteen. When praying with those who we know care about us, we must share our true needs and concerns in order that they can pray specifically for us. It's so encouraging when we see answers to prayers. We should also remember that Jesus encourages us to pray together, but in secret, on our own. And we pray to our Heavenly Father. And we must be honest and share with him our hearts. We must give ourselves to him in prayer in the secret place. And he promises to be with us and bless us. The fourth is to pray in the moment. Paul encourages us to pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. From Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. We should cultivate the habit of stopping to pray when a need presents itself whenever there is a crisis or a difficult situation in your own life or in the life of someone you care about, pray. Or when someone who has turned to you for help and would value your prayer, pray for them, respond in tender love and pray for them. When we actually stop for them or for anyone, we will soon become aware that there are lots of opportunities in our lives to invite God into situations. The opportunities are as frequent as the possibilities are limitless. Praying together and praying for others is a privilege that is a gift from Jesus. It's one of the greatest privileges we have as a community of Jesus's people. So let's take full advantage of it. Let's pray, pray for each other, pray for others in the community. Let's pray continually where we can. If prayer should be a priority in our lives, how can we find ways of praying? How can we pray? I'm not gonna talk about Jesus teaching the disciples to pray but I'm gonna share a reflection with you. Firstly, be confident that God hears every one of your prayers. Through Jesus, we have become a friend of God, the apostle James tells us. Secondly, don't be afraid to start small. One word or sentence is enough, is adequate, is prayer. Thirdly, be yourself. Don't put on a certain voice or use certain words. Be yourself. Be yourself. Maybe it's helpful to write your prayers before you share them. Or maybe you prefer to speak without preparing them. Or maybe you prefer to pray quietly in your heart. All methods are equally valid. God hears them all. Fourthly, focus on God. He cares about your heart, not the eloquence of your words. He wants to meet with you in prayer and equip you for when you interact with other people. Prayer equips you to interact with other people better. Spending time with Jesus in prayer rubs off on us. And when we interact with others, they will sense the aroma of Christ. As Paul has shown us from the passage, prayer supports all that we do, especially our evangelism, our sharing Christ with others. So if praying should be a priority, then what does love require of me? It's clear that prayer is a fundamental discipline It's an essential practice for experiencing the love of the Father and maintaining closeness with Jesus through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Last week we thought about gifts and this week I'm encouraging you to give God the gift of time in prayer. Give God time in prayer. When we pray for others, In their company, they will know we love them by our willingness to take them to Jesus. When we pray for others in private, God knows we love them because we are lifting them up in prayer before him. Prayer is a loving action. Prayer demonstrates our love for others and our love for God. We are called to offer to God in prayer those from our community. In prayer, we use words, actions, and time in the pursuit of cultivation of intimacy with the one who truly loves us, the one who truly loves those we are praying for. When you devote yourself to praying, things in your life will change. I've known this from experience. Long before I knew I was coming to you here at North Street Church, I prayed. I prayed that God would lead me, that God would fulfill the desires of my heart to belong to a church family, who I could help and who I could be a part of. God answered my prayers in bringing me here. Time and time again, I've seen God's answers to prayer. We must remember that. Let's be encouraged by that, that God's gonna answer our prayers. Sometimes as we hoped and dreamed, sometimes he answers differently, but he answers. Invite God into everything you do throughout the day. That might be a challenge for some of us, but we can do that. God wants to be involved in everything we're doing, making coffee clipping our nails in the shower. Whatever it is, invite God into it. He knows us intimately, we cannot hide from him, so don't be ashamed to invite God into your life, every bit of your life. And if you do, you'll never feel alone. Loneliness is a huge problem in society now but we will never feel alone when we pray because we are not alone God is there and he's listening and he's waiting for us something that has encouraged me to pray for others is to remember that God hears and remembers every prayer we've said for ourselves or for other people. God remembers every prayer we've spoken. That spurs me on to pray more. That spurs me on to pray more because I know that God is counting my love for others when I pray. And I desperately, desperately want him to say these words to me. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. Prayer is the one thing we can do for others when we feel helpless. They don't even need to know we're praying for them, but it's the one thing we can do for them. So should my prayers be our priority Should our prayers be a priority? Yes, prayer should be a priority because through prayer we meet with Jesus and bring others to him. Our whole lives should be a prayer. Communion with God is prayer. What does love require of me? It requires my prayers. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can come to you in prayer. Thank you for the intimacy that you can share with us and we can share with you in prayer. Help us to be inspired to pray more frequently, inviting you into more of our lives and stir in us a passion to pray for others. May we love you and love others through our act of prayer. Amen.